Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining us here this morning. We've got an exciting day. We've got a full-on day, a packed day today, because after our morning service, we've got a, a business meeting for all those involved in that. And then after our evening service tonight... We have a special youth group, so we postponed youth group from Friday night because we didn't want it to interfere with the formal uh, things that were going on this week. So tonight, after service for all of our young people, um, we have a special game show night. So what we're going to do is at 5 o'clock we'll have service, at 6.30 or so we're going to have a barbecue dinner, and then at 7.30 we're going to have the game show night. So if you're good at Wheel of Fortune, come along. If you're not, come along as well because uh, there are some people who are very keen for prizes and we need losers if there are going to be winners. So please come along. Now, everyone's invited to this. We welcome you all, but especially our young people. So parents, I want you to turn to your kids, look them in the eyes and say, I promise I'll bring you tonight to this wonderful, amazing event and you'll win all the prizes because I love you, okay? No, but we'd love to see you. If you can come along to that, that'd be great. So we're looking at peace this morning and we're looking at our third lesson, making peace. Our, our activity for last week was to plan our week not based on achievements but plan our week based on growth because our main aim in the Christian life is to grow in Christ. It's to become more Christ-like and whether we get the chores done or not is secondary to that and whether we send all of those emails that we were meant to is secondary to that whether we got all of those achievements done that we were hoping to, that is always going to be secondary to the importance of growing like Christ and putting on Christ each and every day. What we've looked at so far is that busyness is one of the biggest challenges we face in our culture. It's the biggest stumbling block for many to the Christian walk. Busyness is a problem when we become slaves to our schedules instead of being slaves to God. And so this whole series is about trying to reverse that and try to serve God instead of serving our, our achievements and our accomplishments and our things. Um, so over the past two weeks, we've looked at these challenges of looking at how our schedule interrupts our Christian life and our responsibilities, and then looking at how we can restructure things in order that we can prioritize growing like Christ above our busyness. So today we're looking at making peace. I want to start off by looking at um, stress in our country and the stress that people face. So according to a study done by the Australian Psychological um, Research Council, 35% of Australians report having a significant level of distress in their lives. Uh, a bit over one in three of us say that we have a significant amount of distress or distressing factors in our life. 26% of Australians report above normal levels of anxiety symptoms. Not just day-to-day -day anxiety, but severe debilitating anxiety. We live busy and stressful lives. Here are the top five things that cause us stress. If you're an Australian, these are on average the top five things that are going to stress you out. Number one is going to be personal finances. 49% of us say that that's a, a major stressful factor for our lives. Number two is family issues, 45%. Number three is personal health at 44%. Number four, trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle, 40%. And number five, issues with the health of others close to us. And that's 38%. But if you're over the age of 55, that 
raises uh, to 44%. So it goes up. The older you get, the older your friends are, um, you're going to be more and more stressed and concerned about that, which is fair enough. Okay, so I want you to look at the board and, and you might be thinking, well, I, I don't have a, a stress on finances at the moment or my health's pretty good at the moment. I'm sure there's probably something on the board that causes some stress, some distress in your life. If you're an average Australian, that's probably true for you. So what do we do to relieve the stress that we find in our lives? Well, they don't worry. That's it, Kev. Yeah, excellent. So some of the things that we turn to to try and get rid of the stress from our lives are, number one, we watch TV and movies. 85% of us say that that's how we try and get rid of stress. There's a, a lot of nods in the auditorium. <laughs> Number two, we focus on the positives. 81% of us say, just focus on the positives. That's the best way to get rid of stress. Number three, we spend time with friends and family. 81% again. Four, we listen to music. 80% of us say that that helps to relieve our stress. Number five, we read. We read books or magazines or news or something like that. 75% of us look to reading to solve our stress. Number six, we eat. 72% of us eat to take away the stress. Uh, we do something active. 69% of us do that. We deliberately avoid people. 65% of people, that's two in three people, say that an effective way to relieve stress in their life is to avoid people. And that's, that's greatly concerning, isn't it? We do a hobby. 64% of us do that. We go shopping. 57% of us do that. We sleep. 54% of us. Social media, 51%. Drink alcohol, 40%. Smoke cigarettes, 18%. And gamble, 16%. These are statistics for our country. These are the ways that we try and resolve the stress and busyness in our life. And I've got to say, most of those are not very positive activities that are helpful for others or that are biblically endorsed. So... What's our lesson today? Our lesson is looking at what is biblical peace, biblical peace of mind, biblical peace in a busy world, and how do we go about making peace biblically? How do we do it to achieve that biblical peace that the Bible talks about? So those are the two parts of our lesson today. Part number one, looking at biblical peace. What does the Bible actually say about peace? So there are two words in the Bible that are translated peace. The first is the word shalom. You'd be familiar with this if you've heard Jewish people greeting one another. It's a traditional Jewish greeting, shalom. It means peace. It comes from um, this, this Hebrew word. It's used extensively throughout the Old Testament. Then when we come to the New Testament, we have the word Irene. Um, this is where we get the word Irene. If you've heard of someone called Irene, that name literally means peace. That's the Greek word for peace. So it's a lovely name, lovely definition. So what does peace mean when we look at these two biblical words? Well, the fundamental definition of peace is that peace is about completeness or about wholeness. Let me illustrate what this means um, because it's a warm day. I've got a lot of scriptures, so I'm not going to read all of these scriptures and turn to all of these scriptures, but if you're making notes, just um, you can write these down and look at them later. So in Joshua 8 and verse 31, it talks about... Actually, we will read this one. Now that I said we won't, this is an important one. Joshua 8 and verse 31. Joshua 8 and 31, I want you to... Read this verse and understand what this word really means. So in Joshua 8, 
chapter 8 and verse 31. It's talking about an altar that's being built. And it says here, Just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones upon which no man has wielded an iron tool, and they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. Okay, so you can see the word peace coming up in that verse. But in Hebrew, the word peace is used twice in that verse. It's used at the end where it talks about peace offerings. See if you can see where it's used the other time. See what other word might be translated there that is actually the Hebrew word shalom or peace. And it turns out it's the word uncut. Use an uncut stone literally is use a shalom stone. Use a peace stone. The idea behind this is that peace means something that is whole, something that is put together, that is complete and not missing any parts. So a whole stone that hasn't been cut or isn't missing anything, that's really a stone that's at peace because it's got everything together. Let me illustrate this further. So um, when... <coughs> when... Um, David visits his brothers on the battlefield. He asks them, how is your shalom in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 22? He's asking there, is everything put together? Is everything complete? Is everything whole? Or is there anything missing from your life right now? We also see the word shalom coming up in Isaiah. There's going to be a prince of shalom. There's going to be a prince of completeness or wholeness or as Abby read for us a prince of peace and of his completeness of his wholeness of his peace there will be no end the illustration is this if you go back to the Hebrew the word shalom is used to describe any time where there are things that are put together Let's picture a, a wall. Let's picture a wall that you're building and it's got lots of bricks that you're putting together. Now, if you're missing one of those bricks and the wall is all there except for one of the bricks, your wall is not shalom. It's not at peace. It is missing its completeness. It's missing its wholeness and therefore it's not at peace. And the illustration is that in your life, you have all of these different bricks you have the brick of you know, work and the brick of family and the brick of chores and, and all of these things. You put them together and if your life has all of the bricks in the right places, then you're at peace. You are complete. You are whole. It's the same as a jigsaw puzzle. Um, I'm not much of a jigsaw puzzler, but uh, because my wife's been sick recently, I went out and bought her a jigsaw puzzle so that it could be a good distraction for her and... Um, been the most frustrating week of my life uh, because we have we're trying to do the edge of this puzzle it's a thousand piece puzzle and you know how many pieces are missing there's one piece that we have searched and searched and searched for and it's on the bottom and we just can't find that one piece so the puzzle is not complete it's not whole it's not at peace that's the that's the word picture that's being drawn out there now here's the interesting thing when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle and you're missing a piece, there's nothing you can do to rearrange the puzzle to make that puzzle whole without that piece. If there's a piece missing, you can't just you know, take it all apart and put it back together a different way and suddenly it'll fit. 
There's no way of rearranging that to make it all work. You can't even force the pieces together. I've tried doing that. Um, but you can't even force the pieces together because then you end up breaking it and then you get in trouble. So there's nothing you can do when you're missing a piece but to find that missing piece. And that's the idea of shalom in the Bible. It's about putting all of the pieces together in the right order and not missing anything and having that wholeness and that completeness to your life. We use the phrase in, in our culture, their life, they've got it all together. You know, you might talk about someone and say, they've, they've, just, they've just got their life put together. And that's what we mean by peace. They've got all of the pieces of their life put together in the right way. It seems like it's all complete and all whole. So when Solomon builds the temple, it says in 1 Kings 9.25, Solomon shalomed the temple. He pieced it because he put all of the bits together. He made it all fit as one. That's what the word peace is all about. So then in the Old Testament, it talks about how even though we love putting things back together, the Old Testament constantly reminds us that people don't have their lives together. People's lives are a total mess. It's not just missing one piece from the jigsaw. The jigsaw is, is scattered all over the place. It's like a tornado came through and, and blew this jigsaw away. You look at the lives of David and you look at the lives of, of Joseph and there's all sorts of people who have their lives in a total mess. They don't have their lives put together. And the Old Testament reminds us again and again, there are people who are living, trying to do a great job, trying to do their very best, and yet their lives are not together. And so who does Isaiah promise will come? The prince, the ruler, the leader of shalom, of putting things back together, of wholeness and completeness. And that's why... Jesus is described as our peace. In Luke 2, 13 and 14, talks about how the angels are singing and they sing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Shalom on earth in the Hebrew or Irene in the Greek. And then in John 14, 20, 27, if you turn with me to John 14 and verse 27, you see Jesus didn't come just to live a life where he had peace, and to show off to us and then go back to heaven. Jesus came not just to be peace, but to give us peace. John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, I'm not just here to show peace in myself. I'm here to distribute peace. This completeness this wholeness i'm here to give that to others i'm here to finish jigsaw puzzles jesus is the ultimate jigsaw puzzler he's the missing piece and he's the the person who's going to put your jigsaw back together and he says i don't give it as the world gives you know the world tries to give us peace the world offers peace in all sorts of different ways and he says this is a different kind of peace this is a peace that actually works in Romans 5 and verse 1, it says, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And then in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15, it actually says that Jesus is our peace. Not just that he brought peace or that he was peace, but that he is currently our, belonging to us, peace. 
He's the thing that puts our lives, our jigsaw puzzle of life, back together. So biblical peace then is not about just avoiding conflict. Biblical peace is not just avoiding fights and arguments. The idea of biblical peace is the completeness and the wholeness that should describe your life and your relationships. It's when everything fits together and nothing's out of place. And ultimately this peace, as described in the Bible, is not achievable on your own. You can't finish this jigsaw puzzle without Jesus. You're missing a piece. Jesus is our peace. I'm sure there's a homonym joke in there somewhere. But Jesus is our peace. He's that missing piece of the puzzle that we need if we're going to put everything back together. So, how do we make peace biblically? Well, there are two ways. First, if you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you need Christ. There's just no other way around it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's not another piece that fits in. You can't jam the other pieces together to make sure they fit. He's the missing jigsaw puzzle in your life. And you just can't get by without him. Your life is full of all these different pieces. And we often spend our lives trying to arrange the pieces in a way to make them all fit together. We, we spend our 20s, our 30s, our 40s constantly rearranging life, constantly trying to make it work so that everything fits together and so that we can find that completeness, that peace. And Jesus says, you can't have it without me. You can't have it without Christ. You're missing a piece. Whether you're an older person or whether you're a younger person, whatever juncture you're at in your life, if you're trying to make your jigsaw puzzle fit together without Christ... Take it from God himself, your creator, your ruler. Life isn't meant to fit together without Christ. Life isn't meant to be complete without that peace. Um, until you find peace, you'll constantly be struggling to juggle things and balance things and work things out because you're trying to finish a jigsaw puzzle that can't be finished. I know the jigsaw puzzle isn't a biblical illustration, but they didn't have jigsaw puzzles back then. I'm sure Paul would have used it if they did have jigsaw puzzles. The first step to peace is what? It's about bowing the head. It's about bending the knee. It's about coming to God and saying, I can't do it on my own. And I recognise that. And I recognise I'm never going to put my life together unless I have you in the picture. Until that day... We just keep on living in a perpetual state of incompleteness, incompleteness and dissatisfaction. Don't fall for our culture's ridiculous PR campaign that tries to say that productivity and achievements are going to give you meaning and fulfilment because your life doesn't work on achievements and productivity. It was never designed that way and it's never going to work and you can keep trying for decades and decades and from job to job and from wife to wife and from place to place and you can keep on trying to change those puzzle pieces but without Jesus it'll never come together. That's a promise from God. St Augustine famously said, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. So that's what you need to do if you're a Christian. and uh, Sorry, if you're not a Christian. So if you're not a Christian, think about it. 
Are you really going to keep on living your life day by day, trying to find peace and completeness and wholeness, but missing the key ingredient? It's a waste of a life. It's a waste of many years that could be lived with the peace that Jesus offers. If you are a Christian, let's not pretend that getting dunked in water has somehow magically arranged your life in such a way that the jigsaw all fits together and you don't have to worry about anything. Let's not pretend that we're immune from worry or stress or we're vaccinated from anxiety or something like that when we become a Christian. Christians aren't immune from these things. We're just given the resources. We're given the toolkit. When we come out of the water of baptism, God gives us a new toolkit and he says, this is how you deal with that worry and that stress and that anxiety in your life. And we're instructed not just to leave it all on God, but we're instructed to play our part in finding peace. We find peace by practicing the spiritual disciplines that God has given to us. He's given us these disciplines, prayer, immersion in God's word, and spiritual community for our peace. Not as burdens, not as something to weigh you down, not as something to hurt you, but as tools that he uses in your life for you to find that fullness, that completeness. Prayer in Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And what? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Peace there is personified. It's made out to be like a person, like a Roman guard who's standing there in your mind and blocking the stress and the worry and the anxiety from coming in and harming your mind. Peace is found not by tacking on prayer at the end of the day, but by putting prayer first. Not by figuring out the jigsaw puzzle of life and then praying at the end, but by praying so that the jigsaw puzzle will be able to be formed. We also have immersion in God's word, whether that's reading your Bible, studying your Bible, putting your Bible around your house, putting up quotes everywhere, constantly being attracted to the word of God. That is a discipline that God has given you so that you can find peace. In Psalm, Psalm 85 verse 8 it says, I will listen to what the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. In Psalm 119, 165 it says, Great peace has everyone who loves your law. Don't read the Bible at the end of your day after you've tried to work it out for yourself. Put the Bible first. Put immersion in God's word as your number one priority. And finally, spiritual community. God has not given you the church as a burden to your Christian life. He's given you that community to help you fit everything together. In Romans 14 verses 17 to 19, it says that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not a social club. It's not like your footy club that you go to. It's about righteousness and peace and joy. That's what we're about when we meet together. It's about encouraging righteousness in one another. It's about um, trying to impart peace to one another. It's about finding joy in the common love that we share. The funny thing is, we often don't do these things because we're too busy trying to find peace and then we'll do these things. We often approach our day going, I'll get everything done and then at the end of it, I'll do these things. And God says, no, 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 these are the things you need to do so that you have peace to begin with. Don't put them at the end, put them at the start. We use prayer and Bible study as, as if it's a burden given to us by God. 
This is a, a survey done by Crossway. They're Bible publishers. They asked uh, church attenders in the US, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your prayer life? 1% said 10. 1% said 9. 4% said 8. It's cut to the chase. 72% said 5 or below. God has given you this as a blessing so that you can find peace in your life. God has blessed us with prayer, not burdened us with prayer. And we don't trust him. If 72% of us have a prayer life that we're disappointed in, what does it say? It says, I don't trust you, God. I don't trust you that prayer works. I don't trust you that I will find peace by praying. I know that God says that I need to pray. I know that he says I need to read my Bible. I know that he says if I go to church, I'll find peace in these things. But I don't trust him. I don't believe him. I'm going to try and find peace by getting my life all sorted out. And then once I get my life sorted out, then I'll turn to these things. I don't know about you, but I've certainly acted in that way before. And that's the kind of attitude that says, I'm the prince of peace in my life. I'm the one who can give my life peace. And the Bible says, no, the prince of peace is not you. You're not the ruler, the leader, the commander of peace in your life. Christ is going to give you that peace. And he's going to give you that if you trust in him, if you pray, if you spend time in his word, if you prioritize meeting with the church. So let's do that this week. Whatever step you need to take, please make that step. If you need to become a Christian, don't delay it. The God of peace is keen to make peace with you and to give you his peace. So do it. If you're a Christian and these spiritual disciplines have fallen behind and you've become slack, let's do these things. Let's become people of prayer. Let's spend time in God's word because God promises peace. He promises that life won't be full unless we add these things. So let's do that together and become a church where peace can be seen by all who come. Appreciate your time and attention this morning.